Hello and thanks for downloading episode 54 of the Shrimps Verdict podcast, part of Shrimps Live on Beyond Radio. All opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual contributors and not necessarily those of either Morecambe Football Club or Beyond Radio. Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio. After... in oh that's a very early goal and it's Matty Taylor with his 20th of the campaign and Morecambe were under and down the right hand side it was Mark Sykes who burst into the box right hand side of the area ball across and Matty Taylor didn't really need any second invitation to lash it into the top corner from about eight yards out and that is just the start that Derek Adams men did not want we so desperately wanted to build on our fantastic victory against Burton Albion on Saturday but work to do already in just the fourth minute here at the Mazuma it's Morecambe nil Oxford United won yeah not ideal start by any stretch of the imagination I think that in the opening couple of minutes of this game Oxford have been on top they've knocked the ball quite well they've, they've been assertive in taking the ball forward and I tell you what it's a fantastic finish but you cannot be giving a, a player of Matty Taylor's quality the space inside the six yard box to, to get a touch in and then swivel and then plant one into the top right hand corner great finish but a really less than ideal start for the Shrimps we spoke about how fantastic it was for Morecambe to get their first clean sheet in 15 games on Saturday and we've conceded in three minutes tonight Morecambe have a free kick it's going to be taken by Adam Phillips just inside the centre circle in the Oxford United half he's had to put quite a bit on that trying to find the run at the back post it might fall for Wilding it's taken the deflection up and over the keeper and very similar to the way Arthur Nahua scored against Burton Albion on Saturday Aaron Wilding in front of the Bartercard faithful celebrates the equaliser for the Shrimps. Great free kick from Phillips, nice and flat against the wind, it wasn't properly cleared. Fell nicely to Wilding, his right-footed effort, takes a deflection, loops over Jack Stevens. And in the 14th minute we're all square at Morecambe 1, Oxford United 1. Yeah, like you said there, he just needed to put a little bit more on it than he usually would there, Adam Phillips. And he got it absolutely on the money. It looked like it was going to drop to uh, Reese Bennett at the far post, didn't have enough on it. <laughs> Yeah, as such but it came back out to Aaron Wildig and like you said very similar to Arthur's goal at the weekend it hits it hits it into the ground or hits it into a body it takes a little bit of a nick and it loops over the head of Jack Stevens in the Oxford goal and we've done exactly what I've said get the ball down try and play but make sure you're in this game after 15 minutes 17 minutes gone now something quite special is going to be happening here at the Mazuma Stadium in the next five minutes in the 22nd minute hopefully you'll hear Mazuma Stadium faithful breaking out into a minute's applause in memory of our beloved former Beyond Radio presenter Adam Stutchbury who sadly passed away last month at the young age of just 22 years old. Adam fought quadriplegic cerebral palsy and other challenges to follow his dream of becoming a radio presenter with Beyond. He was one of our first intake of presenters back in 2016. It is so much for charity and the radio station, well loved by everybody who knew him and hopefully in the next four minutes we're going to have a minute's applause here at the Mazuma to uh, hopefully uh, honour his memory. Adam Stutchbury, rest in peace. We love you very much and we will miss you. Here comes Stockton, infield to Phillips, back to Stockton, who's going to put it into the back of the net for his 24th goal of the season. And what a tribute to Adam Stutchbury, that is 60 seconds after the applause. And a marvellous breakaway from the Shrimps. Down the right-hand side it went, Stockton into the path of Phillips. He gave Cole a goal of return, ball from 15 yards. Cole just steers it into the far corner for his 24th goal of the season. And it's all turned around here at the Mazuma Stadium. Morecambe 2, Oxford United 1. Cole the goal, Stockton. Who else? I cannot tell you how good that boy is. He is unbelievable. 21 goals in Skybet League 1 this season. It is no surprise that there's a club sniffing about in January. We hope he's going to be here in the summer and beyond. The guy just oozes class. Fantastic win by Phillips in midfield. He gives it to Cole. Cole returned to him and a lovely weighted back pass to Cole Stockton. And then he's got the ability then to shoot across himself and put it in the bottom left corner of Stevens's goal. What a finish by the big man. Stays in, wind assisted. 
Referee allows play to continue. Sykes still complaining that he was fouled, but here he is on the edge of the box, twisting and turning. Shot's going to come in. That's a really smart save. Low down to his right-hand side. As the shot came in, it was Luke McNally from the back. Ten yards out, and Trevor Carson, low down to his right, makes a smart stop. Oxford United might find themselves with a two-on-two break here. Holland on the edge of the box. Nathan Holland, that's a great save. I've no idea how Trevor Carson managed to get that round the post, but somehow he did. From Nathan Holland's low left-footed drive, destined for the bottom corner, and almost David De Gea style, he stuck out a left leg, and somehow just about got enough on it to get the ball round the post for a corner. You literally just took the words out of my mouth. That was the, literally the only comparison you could have uh, made to that save there. You just think Holland's destined to roll the ball into that far corner, and out comes a left leg of uh, David De Gea, Trevor Carson. Here comes the corner in the 88th minute. It's a one towards the near post. Jacob Beddo heads that one away. It's going to come straight back though. Another left-footed cross comes in perhaps. Or it's actually going to be James Henry with his right foot all the way towards the back post. And they're trying to fashion a shot. It's going to come in through a crowd of bodies. And that was another good stop from Trevor Carson. That time with his knee low down to his right-hand side. A real daisy cutter through a crowd of players. And Super Trev does the rest and gets it behind for a corner once more. Here's the, here the Mazuma roared out as the cross comes in down the right-hand side. It's going to be Sam Winner. Oh, what a save! I cannot tell you how good that save was from Trevor Carson. The cross came in from the right, and it was an unbelievable full length to his left. And I don't know how he's got a palm on that. Winner thought for all the world he'd scored. And somehow, somehow, Super Trevor Carson has pulled off a world-class save to tip the ball over the bar. What a stop! Listen to the roar of the Mazuma Stadium in just a few seconds when Trevor Carson takes this goal kick. It's back-to-back -back wins for the Shrimps. Derek Adams, Morecambe Football Club are out of the League One relegation zone after an absolute eternity. They have beaten Oxford United here by two goals to one. Reaction to the action. This is the Shrimps Verdict on Beyond Radio. Hello from Dave Salmon. This is the Shrimps Verdict podcast, episode 54. Thank you for your downloads and for listening. We really appreciate your ears. I don't think I've ever seen a save live better than the one I witnessed tonight by... Morecambe goalkeeper Trevor Carson. He's on the way, an extended chat with me, uh, stuff that you won't hear or read anywhere else from Super Trev. That's on the way very soon. Also, a reaction from Morecambe manager Derek Adams as well. Later on in the podcast, I'm catching up with Jules Holland. Uh, not that Jules Holland, this Jules is the presenter of the Under the Abbey Stand podcast, a Cambridge United fans pod to get the full lowdown on all things Mark Bonner's men ahead of our trip to the Abbey Stadium. This coming Saturday, just a couple of weeks ago, who would have thought we would be going away to Cambridge looking for our third straight win in League One? It's amazing how these things turn, isn't it? Uh, so Jules on the way very soon. And we're also catching up with Derek Quinn as well uh, to get the very latest from Quinny on his one million step challenge to raise money for a memorial garden at the Mazuma Stadium. Yeah, it was an unbelievable victory for us tonight because we were playing against a, an excellent League One side. You know, Oxford can pass the ball and move and to create chances. And uh, we had to deal with a lot tonight, but um, they scored early uh, in the game. And uh, that was a setback to us. They changed their shape uh, tonight from what they've done in the last few games. And uh, then you know, we got ourselves, you know, back in the game quickly. Uh, Adam Woldig, you know, scored a very good goal, as he does. Uh, and then Cole Stockton, and he created a lot of good opportunities in the game. So did Oxford. Um, we had to defend really well. Trevor Carson's made two unbelievable saves uh, in the game. The second one, you know, it was good at least you'll seen anywhere uh, for a long you know, period of time but I thought the, the work ethic, the togetherness uh, of the squad tonight uh, was there for everyone to see and uh, you know, the supporters you know, showed that you know, with the backing that they gave the players and uh, I was delighted for them tonight. You talk about the early setback with their goal on three minutes, how impressed with you with how your team responded? I mean some teams in that instance with it being so early on they could let the head, heads drop but certainly your squad didn't. Yeah, they didn't, you know, and uh, there was only two players uh, 
tonight they started the game uh, away to Oxford at the start of the season so that tells you the turnaround uh, that we've had and uh, you know I think that uh, the way that the players responded uh, to the setback is something that um, you know is needed because you know we're at the bottom end of the, the table we need a, a resilience and the players you know showed that in abundance tonight and uh, you know I was delighted for them because they put a lot of hard work into the game as they did probably against you know the likes of Ipswich and Bolton as well and probably didn't get uh, the three points that we might have got but uh, tonight you know we've been able to get that three points and uh, it lifts us out of the bottom four tonight. You talk about the early games like the, the Bolton and the Ipswich are you and your squad certainly benefiting from being more clinical in front of goal? Because in previous games, we've had the chances to score. We've just not put the ball away. Whereas, obviously, this evening and, uh, and on Saturday, we've certainly been a lot more clinical in front of goal. Yeah, I mean, I've obviously taken players into the side that um, you know were in the side before. You know, the likes of the Wildigs, uh, the Phillips. Um, you know, Connolly obviously just came in, in January. Ganoa had, you know, played the majority of games. But we had changed the back four as well, uh, which uh, has helped us. Uh, you know, the, the personnel in there. But I just think the togethers uh, in that you know group of squad uh, was shown. You know, over the last two games. And as we all know, goals win matches. But talk to me about that save because that was incredible, wasn't it, from Trevor Carson? Yeah, I mean, you know, Trevor um, reminds me so much of you know Andy Gorham in his day because uh, he was you know a very good uh, Scottish goalkeeper, even though he was born in England. But uh, uh, he, you know, had the strongest arms that you know we've seen in, in goalkeepers, and that's why you know he made the save. It was low down to his left hand side, and for him to get it, you know, up and over the bar, uh, and, and the reflexes, you know, was excellent but also just defensively in general. It was bodies on the line. They were really playing for the shirt, weren't they? They had to tonight because we're playing against a really good team, You know, a team that's pushing to get in the, the League One uh, playoff places. And uh, I've obviously known Oxford United under Carroll for many years. I always enjoy watching them and playing against them. And uh, you know, tonight we've been able to get that three points that you know, has enabled us uh, you know, to move you know, in the right direction. Finally, five games to go, still a long way, but of course you've put you and, and the team in a great position. Yeah, I mean, I think that um, you know we, we couldn't have asked for any more tonight to get ourselves uh, the three points. Uh, it's a, a magnificent three points for us. We're obviously away to Cambridge on Saturday, and uh, we've still got you know a lot of tough games to come, but uh, we've put ourselves in a much better position than we've been in. Thank you very much. Thank you. On such moments, Derek, seasons can turn. That save... Could have been one of those moments. Yeah, I mean, I think that um, I think that you know the play throughout the, the ninety minutes was you know very good defensively as well as you know attack wise. We were always a threat going forward, but uh, you know for Trevor to to pull off that save, it was outstanding, and uh, you know everyone you know it was been here to witness it. It's the difference, isn't it, between being still in the bottom four that goes in, mm. we only get a point, we stay in the relegation zone. It goes over the bar, we get the three points, and we're now above the line for the first time since December. So psychologically, that is absolutely enormous. It is. I think that um, you know we've given ourselves an opportunity now that um, we know what we've got to do between now and the, the end of the season. We've got to better the results of the four teams below us, and uh, that's what we've got to do. Has anything changed, Derek? It seems as, as something as, 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 as a switch has been flicked almost. It's in the last two performances from, from what we had in, in the weeks before the international break. Uh, has anything changed? And, and, and if it has, what has changed? Yeah, it has changed. I, I probably can't tell you what has changed, but uh, it definitely has changed. And uh, I think that, uh, you know, it's helped us, it's benefited us. And uh, you know, saw with the players tonight, uh, you know, there's been, you know, a really good team performance and uh, that's what you need. And finally from me, Derek, Anthony O'Connor, Greg Lee, both not involved tonight. I saw Greg doing a bit of a warm-up Anthony O'Connor not here. What what news on both of those? Yeah, they weren't in the squad tonight. They were, you know, out of the eighteen. I didn't uh, have them in the eighteen tonight. You know, obviously, um, they come into contention for Saturday. Enjoy the win, Derek. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Trevor, what an evening at the Mazuma. How do you sum that one up? Yeah, you know, obviously, first and foremost, it's a massive three points, and um, you know, we took the momentum from Saturday into it, and uh, I think every single one of the lads left everything out there, and you know, you've seen the appreciation from the fans at the end, and. You know, it's it's give ourselves a chance to stay in this league, and I think we'll need five more performances and five more like efforts like that to you know stay in the league. 
and going down a goal early on, um, sometimes your heads can drop, but quite the opposite happened, didn't it? Again, you know, that makes it even more sweeter to, you know, come back and, you know, especially the position we're in, it would be easy for the boys to sort of, you know, go in their shell and, but I think the crowd have to play a big part in that, you know, as they always do here, they, you know, they stick by us, they don't get on our backs and uh, it sort of allows us that freedom to work our way back into the game and, uh, you know, to get the two goals before half time and go in and, you know, regroup and, you know, change shape a little bit because, you know, they're a very good side, probably one of the best I've played in League One since I've been here and, you know, it's a credit to the boys. It says a lot about the confidence and the belief as well, though, doesn't it? Perhaps earlier on in the season, in uh, you know, going down early on, uh, it might not have been the same outcome, but thankfully it was this uh, this evening. Sorry. Yeah, you know, listen, football's fine lines. You, you, you know, they could have got another one and made it two 0 and it changes the whole complex. But you, you've got to stay positive. I think that's been the message the last sort of week with everyone. You know, even before the win on Saturday, it's. You know, it's, it's common nature, like it's natural, we're humans, they look at the table and look at our run of form before Saturday and think we haven't won and you know, it's going to be tough, but if, you, if, if we don't believe then what chance have we got? So I'd sort of, you know, we've, I didn't have a game in the international break, we had two weeks where we were able just to focus and, you know, sort of clean slate for the last seven, eight games that we've had and, you know, what a, what a start we've had, these two wins and, you know, we have to take that on the Saturday now. Talk to me about your performance. Some excellent saves, most notably the one to your left in the dynamics of the game. Incredible goalkeeping. Yeah, you know, as a manager, likes to remind me after the game, that's what I'm paid to do. So, <laughs> but listen, you know, it was just instinct. Um, you know, it's obviously great to play a part. You know, I would be lying if I said I would rather have nothing to do. And you know, of course, it's great to you know make save, big saves and you know and come out with three points. There's nothing worse when you've made two or three good saves and you know you lose the game which has happened a couple of times this season but you know to get the get the win and you know be able to contribute with a couple of big saves and uh you know I haven't seen it back but you know by all accounts it was a you know a good save so I'll, I'll watch it back and uh, enjoy it tonight with with a cup of tea <laughs> one of those where I think uh, the reaction from the crowd it's probably louder well at least as loud as, as a goal yeah you know especially in front of our you know, our home fans usually in the last minute here, you're up the other end and, you know, we're celebrating a goal down that end. But, you know, it was great to have that sort of appreciation and, uh, you know, the fans have been brilliant all, all night, even at 1-0 down and, uh, you know, they drove us on and, you know, as I say, you know, it's great to contribute in any way I can and, uh, you know, we'll enjoy that tonight and, you know, look forward to Saturday. And finally, five more massive games in League One to go. Obviously, a lot can happen between now and then, but we've, uh, we've set ourselves up for a, a wonderful start, at least, haven't we? Yeah, without doubt. You know, you, you look at the fixtures before Saturday. This was always going to be a massive week for us. And, uh, you know, I'll be surprised if we come up against a better team than that today. You know, they were outstanding. They were well drilled. You know, their movement was so hard to play against. And, you know, so if you can't take hope and belief from that, you know, that we can't go on and, you know, beat anyone the rest of the season, then... You know, we've got to take hope from it. So uh, the lads will have tomorrow off, and we'll come in Thursday. And you know, you can feel it. You can feel the atmosphere, the cheat relief on Sunday, even after that win. So you know, hopefully, we can use the momentum now. And you know, I think we've got a massive chance now to stay. We're out of the relegation zone now, so you know, I think we're in a good position, and we're all confident. Trevor, thank you very much. No worries. Where does that save Trevor rank in your career? It's hard to say because I haven't seen it back. And in terms of instinct at the time, you know, I knew it was a massive save, and you know, sort of threw my arm out more than hope than expectation. And you know, to have it see it going over the bar was just a massive relief. You know, I've probably made three or four of them saves in my career where it was just, you know, I don't know if you see my reaction. It was just sort of wow, you know, that. So I knew it was a bit of a, you know, a, you know, not just ordinary save. So you know, I've had two or three. They're they're. One of the other guys had just reminded me I made one similar against Oxford at Cheltenham. It was it was so similar. So um, you know, it was just one of them saves. Listen, you can't train for it. It's just instinct, and uh, you know, it's great. It's obviously I'm not good at taking praise, but you know, I'll enjoy it tonight. Sometimes you deserve it, though. I sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, but yeah. And it's on such moments that seasons can turn, isn't it? That goes in. We only get a point. We're still in the relegation zone goes over the bar we hold on for the victory we're above that line for the first time in what seems and it's I think I think we've been in the relegation zone the whole time that you've been here on on loan since you came yeah. in January what psychologically does that do for the squad it's huge you know I think we've been 
on the wrong end of little things that got too much this season. You know, you can look at last minute goals we've conceded and bits of luck and uh, you know just big moments. You know, amount of times after a game we've sat and talked and said, you know, the game's changed in a big moment and we've been on the wrong end of it. But tonight, you know, it was one or two big moments and you know, fortunately we're on the right end of it. And you know, listen, it's not just that save. There was blocks, boys throwing their body in the line. Boys like you know, look look at Big Aussie. He's an absolute inspiration. You know, he's doing Ramadan and he did he didn't stop running. You know, he's incredible. Every you know, he couldn't literally couldn't have put any more effort in there. And you know, we appreciate that. And the fans appreciated it. So uh, you know, it's great. And you know, we've got to kick on again on Saturday. And finally, Trev, something seems to have switched. I, I think the last minute equaliser for Bolton that took a lot more out of us than what we perhaps thought we took a quite a while to recover from that with those three heavy defeats that followed but what has changed since then something has switched what what is it can you put your finger on it it's you know listen you people you can dissect football too much at times it's fine lines and uh you know I think in football losing's a habit and winning's a habit unfortunately we've had too much of a habit of losing and then that game on Saturday you know that game on Saturday stunk of the Cheltenham game stunk of the Gillingham game where we just didn't get that goal but unfortunately on Saturday we got the goal got the sending off and you know you can sit and analyse you know what's changed are we doing things different in training no we're not or we do, you know it's just fine you know fine moments in games you know the sending off on Saturday saves blocks today and you know it's football you know and if you work hard every day and you'll, you'll get your rewards in the end and I think that's what we're doing consistently working hard and fortunately we're getting couple of wins at the minute enjoy the win enjoy the cup of tea thank, thank you see you later. <laughs> so Quinny it was all going so well you were well into the challenge and uh, then you you, know, you come a cropper so for those who don't know uh, tell us what happened well I was actually on holiday in Tenerife I was I was smashing the steps second to last day of my holiday and I literally just tripped over a bollard outside a shopping centre I'd love to say I was doing something exciting but I wasn't I was going for a week <laughs> outside a shopping centre I didn't see these bollards uh, at the end of this zebra crossing, fell over them and uh, broke both my wrists. You hadn't come out of a bar, had you, at that point? Unfortunately not. It was 12 o'clock in the afternoon. I was only going for a wee. Uh, so there's nothing heroic about what I did. It was just absolute fluke accident. Uh, and in the end, it was pretty painful. And we've, I, I think most people have seen, seen the pictures of, of, of serious damage to, to both of your wrists. What exa- exactly did you have to do? Was it surgery and, and what's happened? Well, I had surgery. I did the... Uh, I fell on the Thursday, I had a surgery on the Friday, I had some pins and screws in both wrists. Uh, I've had one pot taken off last week, uh, but I've got another one which is going to be at least another two weeks. So uh, it's been a bit of a nuisance, a bit of a pain, I can't rotate my wrists, they're a little bit painful. got some nice stitches which I don't think are going to go very soon. And yeah, so it is what it is and let's get on with it. So the idea of doing the million steps in 30 days then had to be pause but you are still going to complete the million steps but it's going to take just that little bit longer now well it is it's not going to be 30 consecutive days now it's going to be 31 days so the idea now is to finish it at the Sunderland game the last game of the season so I've got basically I've got 15 days left to do 460,000 steps so that's the goal now the main the main chunk of it on Saturday Sundays I would have thought but uh, hopefully the sun will come out again because last week was glorious and this week's been horrible so we'll, so we'll see but that's the goal 460,000 steps in 15 days How much of a, a hindrance is having two casts or two things on your wrist well, I suppose it's a bit like power walking isn't it? you've got two weights on each arm I look like uh, you know, Popeye as I walk down the street <laughs> uh, and my arms are a little bit balancing myself so I look a bit strange but it's absolutely no hindrance at all it's just a little niggle if you fall over again in the back of your mind and uh, I've never fallen over in my life so but why I'm thinking about it all the time now but you do it's just something natural isn't it so apart from that it's, it's nothing nothing to it just keep walking and walking and hopefully I'll get it done and in terms of what we were setting out to achieve at the start raising funds for that memorial garden at the Mazuma how far down the line are we in terms of the fundraising well I set an early sort of target of a thousand pound then I raised it to two thousand and so far on the just giving page it's about one thousand five hundred and fifty but I've also had some cash donations of two two hundred and fifty quid so I'm basically two hundred pound off the two thousand pound target but you know I'm just giving but I wanted to go I'd love to go to four thousand that's that's my goal now just to make this memorial garden as, as nice and as as impressive as it as it can be along with the Shimps Trust. Now, we've had people ask over the last few weeks, where is this memorial garden going to be at the Mazuma? Is it going to be outside? Do we know any more about what form and where it's going to be? Well, 
no plans as yet. I think we needed to know how much money we got first because if we raised 200 quid, it was going to be a pretty poor memorial garden. So if we get to 4,000, I think we can look a bit more up our sights a little bit. There is a plot outside the ground. I would rather it was outside the ground, uh, like Accrington's is yeah. and the Bur- uh, Bolt, not Bolton's, Burnley's. Burnley's got a really nice one. So you can come in the week if you want to. It don't have to be a game. But So if you come to a game, like the Accrington fan did I spoke to, he was just sat there and he's having a chat with his, with his late father outside the ground before a game. He says he did it every game. And that, it was just a little touchy moment for me, I thought, that he said, well, me and Dad always came to Accrington games. I really, really miss him. And I have a little chat before every game that I come. And I love that. And that's what I'd like out here. And I wouldn't want it to be stuck in a ground you couldn't get into yeah. unless you came to a game. I'd rather it was somewhere outside and you'd come where you want. Because we saw the Accrington Garden a few weeks ago when, when the, obviously the two sides played each other, and it's great, isn't it? But that costs a lot more than a few grand. You could see that that's probably a five-figure sum to actually create that. But we don't necessarily have to be at that level. There's something that's really nice and, and, and fitting to what we're trying to do. Yeah, something nice, attractive, you know, and somewhere you'd want to sit. And, and that's it, really. The Accrington one, I think it did quite, it was well into five figures and all that. It was, uh, it was, it was over 20 grand, I think. You know, it doesn't have to be that. It can be just something nicer, a nice bench and a nice little area where you can sit and you can remember your loved ones and you can you can think about the past as well as the future of the game ahead. And you've already had uh, a couple of times where fans have been out walking with you and, and you're going to be doing that a couple more times, hopefully, if the weather's good in the coming weeks. Yeah, well, we had a few of us walk to the game on Saturday from the Eric Morecambe statue to here. Uh, I just want the weather to be nice again because... Obviously in Tenerife it's easy. Here, when it's like like it is tonight, it's not so easy. But these wellness walks were a real part of what I wanted to do. And they were going to be like Wednesday wellness walks. It won't be this week, but maybe next week, if the forecast is better, we can put something out there that we're going to walk from, you know, Eric Morecambe down to Heesham, six o'clock onwards, and join us for as long or as little time as you want. And maybe even after the walk's finished, we can do we can keep doing it just so people can meet up and have a chat. We had a really good chat on Saturday. It was great. So we're just over halfway. We're going to absolutely smash it. We've already raised a good sum of money. If people want to donate, how do we do that? Well, I've got a Just Giving page, uh, Quinny's One Million Step Challenge on Just Giving. Well, just come and see me. You know, people come and see me in games and, and, and give me some money and I, can, and I can assure them that every single penny they give me goes towards this, uh, this memorial garden. I think Just Giving take a little bit of a thing off it for what they do, but yeah, every single penny will go towards that garden. So we've got Just Giving, we've got your social media channels, yeah, at Derek Quincom. Uh, Derek Quincom on uh, Twitter, uh, Facebook, you know, the link's there constantly uh, as much as I can. Every time I go for a walk, I put something on there to say who I walked with or how long I walked. And I'm just going to keep it going. And hopefully Morecambe can keep winning football games because that always helps people give me some money. <laughs> They're in a better mood. <laughs> well, hopefully if it's a, a survival party against Sunderland, that the thousands of pounds in the pot with the Burlick. Well, I'll tell you what, for Sunderland game, if, if, if everyone gave me a pound at the Sunderland game, we'd smash it. We would, wouldn't we? Yeah. Quite good luck. Thanks very much. Thanks, Dave. Thanks as always. So five more cup finals for Morecambe coming up starting this coming Saturday away at Cambridge United in League One. Another massive afternoon in store for Derek Adams. Men ahead of the game, I've been talking to Jules from Under the Abbey Stand podcast. A Cambridge United fans pod, lifelong Cambridge United supporter as well. And the ideal man then to get the full lowdown on Mark Bonner's men ahead of our trip to the Abbey Stadium this coming Saturday. So, Joel, thanks so much for jumping on the podcast. I really appreciate your time. Now, before we talk about matters on the field, uh, tell us everything we need to know about Under the Abbey Stand. Well, thanks very much for having me, mate. It's, uh, it's always nice to chat to opposition fans before big games. Um, Under the Abbey Stand is uh, yeah, Cambridge United podcast, a weekly podcast. Uh, started it four or five years ago. We started it when the club was in a little bit of turmoil. We're off the pitch problems, financial issues, money going missing, um, bottom end of League Two. I mean, you know, we were, we were, us two were sort of fighting to stay in the division at that <laughs> at that sort of period. Um, and we started the podcast honestly at first to sort of take the club to account for a few for a few reasons. You know, like a fan's voice didn't have one at the time, um, so that's where it came from. And now it's just dreamland at the moment. It's uh, it's praising the it's praising everyone at the club and every player every week. So yeah, it's a dream at the moment. We'll talk about that dream in more detail in just a, a second, Jules. Uh, I, the one thing I like about Under the Abbey Stand is, like a lot of podcasts in League One, it's a proper fans pod, isn't it? It's not corporate in any way. You're not tied to the club, so you don't have to be careful about what you say. It's been mostly praised this season, of course, but you've got that open book, if you like, to be critical when, when's required to do so. 
Yeah, exactly that. It's it's something that, like I said, in that sort of period when we first started within the first year, we had a sit down with uh, the CEO, director of football. No, sorry, it was a director of football, the head of business. Um, uh, just because the state of the club at the at the time was everyone was so disillusioned with it, and um, and that's yeah, it's that sort of fans first, independent view that that we wanted to provide, and um, and yeah, it's great. I mean, uh, that's what. I love scrolling through our Twitter feed and just because obviously you end up following all these other similar accounts, right, for every different club. And it's really, it's really good just to see everyone, that sort of fans movement at every different club. And um, it's great, it's sort of, it's great to be, you know, the ones doing it at, at my football club. So, so yeah, it's been great. It's that different voice, isn't it? It's the, you know, it's, it's not the sanitised corporate yeah. line that, that a lot of podcasts yeah. have to follow because they're tied to, tied to the actual club itself. That's it. And we've got two brilliant commentators who are uh, long-standing servants who uh, work for BBC Cambridgeshire who do the commentary every week and they do their own sort of podcast. It's just BBC Sounds uh, radio show on a Monday night and it's brilliant and I love listening to it. But we're a very different sort of angle. It's much more, um, you know, the office quotes and uh, taking the club to account for various things if it ever needs to. But at the moment, honestly, it's like if you listen to it now, it'd be like we're, you know, we're right in their pocket. But uh, that's just because everything's perfect at the moment. You can't, there's nothing to criticise at the moment. So, yeah. Let's talk about matters on the field then, Jules. And, well, I suppose from your point of view, you look at the league table, you look where you are, you look how far you are away from the bottom four, 51 points, sitting pretty, already on the beach. It couldn't really be beach. going It couldn't really be going much better, could it? It's, it's beach towels out. It's, uh, it's, have a, it's got strawberry daiquiri in hand. It's uh yeah it's been uh it's it's been brilliant honestly I mean we to, to be to be quite frank we we recorded the podcast yesterday and we were previewing this this game that we we're just about to speak about Morecambe game and uh, someone made a brilliant point which is we were expecting to have the same sort of season that you're having at the moment which is I mean I'm sure you'll ask me my opinion on, on you guys at the moment but I think you're well in with a shout of staying up um and I hope you do um. But that's what we were expecting, right? That sort of proper dogfight would be right involved in this bottom four, five, six teams. It would go right down to the last couple of games. And first of all, thank God it hasn't because our last five away games have been Sheffield Wednesday, Wimbledon, fine, bit of an asterisk there, but then Ipswich, Wigan, Sunderland. If we were needing points from these games, there would have been some really, really tough ones to get points from. So it's amazing to be at this point at the moment. And we only need three more points to have our best ever league finish since uh, 93, 94. So it goes to show how just how impressive it's been. And just to be, I mean, we're above like Charlton in the league. And if you look at the different budgets there, it's just, and even like Lincoln, who were playoff last year. And it's been, um, it's just, it's just been brilliant. We've played the season flawlessly when we've needed the points. We've been, we've been, um, we've been confident and clinical and we've just done everything we needed to do to be in this position. And I, th- I think we really deserve it, to be honest. I don't think it's by l- luck or any you know, lack of judgment. Well, that was going to be my next question, Jules, was have you had the rub of the green? Is it the quality within your squad? I suppose it's a combination of lots of things. It's a combination of a lot of things, uh, but let's make one thing clear. We, I think, if of anything, we've been very unlucky this season. We've had, you couldn't, you couldn't name, I don't think, a crucial player bar one, Paul Digby, who hasn't been injured for a stretch of time this season. Um, and the keeper, Demi Mitov, I'll give you that one as well. But outfield players, Second game of the season at Plymouth, our captain gets injured. Still, still not back yet. Uh, did his knees out for the season. Then crucial, crucial run of games in January. Our top scorer Joe Ironside injured out for a month during a really, really crucial period. Then Jack Idell, who's covered our centre backs, Lloyd Jones also injured for three or four months, knee surgery. Jack Idell, a left back, steps in at centre half, flawless for the whole season. The way we've sort of the resilience in this side. Is is the reason that we are where we are. The way that they can, the way that they can come back in the face of any adversity, whether that's injury, whether that's you know being a goal down early, or, which has happened a lot this season. Um, they just they they have this never give up attitude that um, that that is the reason that we are where we are. Rather than the technical quality of every footballer in there, there's such a there's such a togetherness to this football team that they really play for each other and they play for and they play for the club as well. And it's um that's the that's our biggest strength yeah I suppose you must have been worried having lost your top goal scorer in the summer you must have thought where are the goals going to come from but that's Mm. proved not to be an issue it's again yeah it's just like it's just problem solving has just been 
flawless throughout Mark Bonner's time at the club. And yeah, you, obviously you're talking about Paul Mullen there, who obviously Morecambe fans will know will know very well as well, who, I mean, never scored as many goals for Morecambe as he did. <laughs> Suddenly at Cambridge out of nowhere, had this incredible season. I think it was, was it 35 in all competitions he ended on, I think, last year. Um, yeah, obviously losing him to non-league Wrexham was... Um, a blow, let's say that. Uh, probably less said about that, the better. But um, fair enough, fair play to him. I mean, the goal he scored at the weekend, I don't know if you saw it. It's it was fantastic. Unbelievable, wasn't it? Unbelievable. What a player. No, I, I mean, I've, I wish, I genuinely do wish him all the best. Um, but yeah, that was the biggest thing for us, right? We've lost our talismanic goal scorer. We signed Sam Smith from Cheltenham, who uh, had been alone of us and had a decent record. Uh, he's a bit of a different player. He's been playing out wide since since about September, actually. He's not. He replaced Joe Ironside up top, but they're very, very different players. The thing about Ironside, though, is that he, even last year in the in League Two, his his contribution went very underrated just because he was playing in the shadow of Mullins' yeah. goals. But even last year, he must have. I think he might finish on sixteen goals in the league, which is a decent return for a you know for a second striker. Um, and this year, he's yeah, he's t- he's taken to League One like a duck to water. He gives. Every centre half a game, they know that they're playing against Joe Ironside. He is—he's not the biggest bloke. He's not the white. He's—he's—it's he, sort of quite odd. He's just the way he uses his body rather than his physical, his actual physical size. Um, but yeah, he's been brilliant. And there's a bit of a worry about what happens to him in the summer. But that's that's another question uh, for another time. You can worry about that, I suppose, in, in the coming months. So let's look back to the reverse fixture, Jules, and. It seems ages ago since we last played way back uh, in October, yeah. but uh, not much in it at the Mazuma Stadium. Pre- relatively even game, won by another, and it's happened to us so many times this season, another goal of the season contender. He's never going to hit Ben Warman. He's never going to hit another volley like that in his career, probably. But that was no. the difference between the two sides. It's also his first goal for the club, a homegrown player. Um, and I talk about the injuries. I mean, that day we started with, it wouldn't you know, I wouldn't even call it Fred Bear. I don't think we have I don't think we had a single defender on the bench that day. Yeah. We were playing a centre half at right back. Jack Ida, like I said, playing his first game at centre half. I can't remember who was playing alongside, but it would have been it was incredibly makeshift yeah. that afternoon. And it was one of them where you just we'd have probably just taken a point, just you know, get through this get through this period while we had all those all these injuries mounting up. And again, like I talk about the resilience of this squad, it's the it's such a Mark Bonner performance to travel all the way up there on a Tuesday night against obviously a very 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 decent side um and to come away with I'm not going to call it a comfortable 2-0 victory but um I, I we had Joel Shooter on our podcast yesterday and he he called it one of your worst performances of the season so I, I wouldn't I, disagree I suppose, with that at all I suppose we <laughs> I suppose we just capitalized on it um but but yeah I mean when you score a goal like that you sort of you sort of know it's going to be your evening um when uh was he 18 years old yeah he's um yeah, amazing moment. But uh, but yeah, I mean, we've got a fairly decent record against Morecambe. Obviously, there's the the five nil last season, the seven nil, <laughs> the seven nil. Oh um, yeah, thanks for that one as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that was a bit of a beachy end of season game, though. I think we can sort yeah. of, I think we can leave that one. That's a yeah. bit of a that's an anomaly. You're welcome. But um. <laughs> But yeah, it's um, yeah that was a that was a really important three points for us back then because we'd uh, we'd just played Doncaster and uh, had only managed to get a point out of them and they were bottom of the league at the time so it was a big game for us um, as yeah as as this Saturday is for you guys I suppose. Hundred uh, percent. Slight disclaimer: we are speaking now before our respective games on yeah. Tuesday night. You've got a big game against Wickham. We've got an equally as big a game, probably a bigger game against Oxford United at home, rearranged from a couple of Saturdays ago for the internationals. But uh, tell us everything we need to know, Jules, about Mark Bonner's Cambridge United formation, style of play, wants to watch. What do we need to know? Okay, well, formation is an easy question to answer. We've only played one formation all season, pretty much, and that's 4 2 3 1, with one just behind the striker, which will be Joe inside, unless he's injured. but seems absolutely fine so that'd be Joe inside up top he's probably the headline player to watch he's just an absolute handful um if he's not scoring goals he contributes to every phase of play he's he's sort of a target man and yeah his hold up plays is unbelievable um and if we get runners in alongside him other players to watch out for would be James Brophy on the left um who Morecambe fans might be familiar with from his days at Orient last season as well. Um, very, very highly rated day. Played more as a left wing back there, but he's an outright left winger for us. Incredibly good at getting past his man. His end product is probably questionable, but that's why he's playing in League One, not in uh, 
not in the championship. Um, so I would suspect we'd, start, we'd line up with an unchanged side from the team that beat Ipswich at the weekend, which would be Mitov in goal, Williams, Okadina, Jones uh, and Dunk. And then uh, Digby, Adam May in the middle, Smith on the right, uh, Harvey Nibs and uh, Brophy on the left. And then uh, Joe Ironside up top. A real player to watch though. And I would hope that he plays, but it looks like he's coming to the end of his glorious career as Suez Houlihan, mm-hmm. um, who still has the ability to change a game at the age of th- at the age of thirty nine. And if we were a goal down with half an hour left and he came on the pitch, I, I would. It, he's just one of those. He's such a mercurial, like special player. He can find chances out of nowhere. Um, he's a joy to watch. It's been. It's been such a pleasure having him in a Cambridge shirt um, and he really has aged like a fine wine. He's just been sensational and he's still doing it now. But it looks like we're sort of phasing him out now. It looks like he used to play every single Saturday 90 minutes. He hasn't played the last few. It looks like he's just, I hope not, but it looks like he's just coming to the end of his um, his amazing career. But yeah, I would say watch out for Wes if he comes on. Ironside and Brophy would be my main watch outs. We'll keep an eye out for uh, all of those. In, in terms of our team then, George, at this point of the season, the league table doesn't lie. Of course it doesn't. We can say we're unlucky. We can say refereeing decisions hasn't gone against us, injuries, whatever you want to call it. But after 40 games, you are where you are because that's where you deserve to be. There's no doubt about that. Hopefully we're going to have had a positive result against Oxford. A great win against Burton Albion on Saturday, just gone probably our best performance as a team of the whole season. So, fingers crossed, that's going to kickstart us into something. It's tight at the bottom end of the table, isn't it? And, and it looks like it it's going to be quite a record low number of points to actually stay up. Yeah, definitely. And also, uh, as I sort of alluded to earlier, I, I do think Morecambe would be the one to stay up because, I mean, Cole the goal. <laughs> no one else has got has got a player like Cole the goal. And I do think you've been incredibly unlucky with the the timing of the uh, was it Stephen Robinson's departure and then obviously Derek Adams coming back into a different side obviously I don't watch you guys every week but I assume that there's a different style there and Lately. it takes time to adapt to Adams coming back in so I wouldn't be surprised if that result against Burton at the weekend sort of kicks off kicks up, kickstarts a little bit of form um, for you guys and I think when you've got an asset like Cole the goal compared to I know Fleetwood have got some decent players and um, Wimbledon less so but um, but I do think that, that that's the sort of biggest reason for for Morecambe to stay up. Either way, it won't take a lot. I think I think it's a couple of wins, and I mean the form of before the weekend, like Fleetwood, Morecambe, Wimbledon. I think there was I think there was I saw something which was the bottom five, and in the past, I think it was I think it was three points had been taken from the bottom five in the last sea, five. Just the combined. sea of red crosses, wasn't it? Red, yeah, yeah. So it's um. It's exciting stuff. It'll go down to the last day, regardless. That's To us, that's our, our aim, is to take it as deep as possible. We've got some really tough mm. games coming up. We, we've got some more winnable games. We have to clash yourselves in that bracket. Charlton as well. Yeah, we've definitely. got a good Friday, but mm. we've also got Portsmouth to play. We've got our last two games of the season, our MK Dons away. They could be going for automatic promotion at that point. And then our last game of the season is Sunderland. So hmm. it's not, yeah, it's, it's not, it's not going to be yeah. easy by any stretch of the imagination, but we are where we are. So we're targeting this game as definitely a positive result. That said, we've only won twice in the league away from home all season. And so that tells you a lot about our league position as well. Who, who were they against? They were against Crew. Yeah. And against Fleetwood, and the Fleetwood win was the Cole Stockton chip from inside our oh. half. In, in goal of the season, no question. Goal of the season. Oh, so, uh, that was a well. You can argue that's a lucky win if you like. I think we deserve. No, no. We did deserve to win, but it was a ninety-fifth minute chip from inside our own half that won it. Um, so, yeah, those are our two away wins all season. We've been unlucky on a few, but most of the time away, we've been well beaten. So hopefully, yeah. that's that's going to change. I, 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 I suppose, it's, like you said, it's a good time of the season to play a sort of team that's on the beach, right? Because there's, well, let's put it this way, it could go one of two ways, right? There's like either, you, either you're suddenly coming up against a side who have got no pressure on their backs and can just play freely. Yeah. And that can that can lead to some, you know, that can be its own, its own, its own challenge to deal with. Or you're coming up against a side who have got no pressure and so aren't going to put in that extra 10% because it's not massively necessary. I will say, I don't think Mark Bonner will... will would let his his players 
ease off the gas at all. I think they, they will be going for a record points finish. They want the top half finish. So as much as we're on the beach, I do think it will be a tough afternoon. Um, if you want a prediction from me, yes, please. I, think it's, I don't think that we'll be able to keep, keep a clean sheet. I think we have, there's a couple of question marks still around our defending. As I mentioned, Cole the goal. I think, I think you guys will be on a bit of form. I've just got this feeling you might take something tomorrow night. Uh, yeah, Tuesday night. Um, and I think it'll be a really tough test for us. Uh, but I'll go for a one or draw, I reckon. I'm not sure if I would take a point, to be honest, Jules. I think yeah, it, that's it, fair. It, it's, it's an awkward one. I think if we if we do get results against Oxford, then perhaps a point wouldn't be a bad result at all, given how tight it is. But with what the fixtures we've got left, we have to be targeting this for for three mm. points. Whether we can turn our horrendous away form around is another thing. How do you deal uh, with uh, pace? Because we've uh, recently injected uh, a lot of pace into our forward line. A guy called Dylan Connolly, who we signed in the window from Northampton. And he's an absolute, he's a speed merchant. He's an absolute greyhound. And uh, he's not the complete article, of course, because he's playing in League One, yeah. but he is, he's probably the quickest player you will see all season in the division. Oh, really? Well, we've got, we've got a couple of, uh, as I mentioned, I think it, there's been some sort of question marks over our back line in general. Went to Oxford, who are obviously, you know, a very, very, very decent side, but some of the defending there, we lost 4-2. There's... There's some question, there were some question marks there, but we've never managed to have a set of the back line as we have had in the past few games. Two clean sheets on the trot now. Um, uh, left back Dunk is a bit of a club legend. He's been here, ten, I think this is, this is his 10th season now. Um, signed him for like Bromley and when we were still in non-league. Um, so, you know, he's a bit of a legend. He's still got some legs on him. Uh, he, he plays at left back. And then Williams at right back is our most experienced League One player. So he's very, very smart. You know, he knows what he needs to do. He's very good against Ipswich at the weekend. Just very, you know, that sort of nut nouse that you get when you're just playing that division above. Yeah. Um, when you've just got that experience in League One, he's at Bristol Rovers and MK for easily up to 100 appearances. Um, and then Okadina, who I mentioned for a centre half, he's a brilliant footballer um, and he's very quick, very athletic. So I think I think we'd be able to deal with it. I'm gonna, I'm really interested to see how the game goes because. It'd be interesting to see who tries to take control of it and who tries to put their foot on the ball and whether it's the sort of game that I'd start with Houlihan, as I say, because it's the sort of game where we'd want to take a bit of control on the ball, have someone have some pass to the ball, like put put the game on to Morecambe rather than let you guys, you know, sort of have have the majority of the ball and have the majority of the sort of impact on it. Um, but it'd be interesting because, as you say, I'm sure Derek Adams in that in that changing room will be saying it's got to be three points today. And you know, Jules, the Derek Adams way, low possession, low block. Mm. It's on the break with mm. pace, not creating a vast amount of chances, but the chances we do create are very, very good. And therefore we yeah. score enough goals to win games of football. That is the Derek Adams way. Hopefully it's going to come to fruition. Let me give you one prediction going on, uh, just going off the, this exact fixture last year. I don't know if you remember that really controversial red card for your centre-half. What I remember at the time thinking it was a red card, but... Yeah. Yeah, obviously, I would say that. <laughs> but I just got a feeling, it was one of these weird feelings that there'll be a really controversial decision in this one way or the other. I can't tell you what, a penalty not given last minute or a pen given last minute or another red or something. I think it will come down to like a decision that is made out of each of our hands. Well, we've had, uh, I think in five of the last seven games, and this isn't biased towards Morecambe, absolutely nailed on penalties not given. Players just being mm. wiped out left, right and centre not given. So we are due a penalty in our favour. If that yeah. comes in the last minute when it's nil-nil, we'll certainly take that. <laughs> I've got to say, I'm also, yeah, yeah. I'm also sick and tired of talking about officiating like every week. I mean, we're Ipswich at the weekend. And, I mean, James Norwood, I cannot believe he stayed on a football yeah. pitch. He got a yellow and then he just pushed someone over like 20 yeah. seconds later. It was, it's just astounding. I just, I just can't be bothered to keep talking about refs. You know, it's like, it just, it's just every week, it seems to be. That's why it's not, not such an outlandish prediction to make. That there'll be some sort of controversial decision to decide Because the you, game. there generally is, isn't there? Yeah, there generally is in every other game, yeah. One way or the other. Like <laughs> <laughs> Final question then, Jules. Mark Bonner, um, one of the... I suppose you'd call him... Well, how would you describe him? One of the, the, the new breed of young up-and-coming coaches coming through the English system. Is that fair to say? And obviously uh, a, bit, a bit of a hero already in, in Cambridge ranks. Oh, I mean, he's he's Hall of Fame worthy already. 
he is part of the core of this football club that is born and raised in Cambridge. He, the last time we played in League One, he was a season ticket holder uh, at the Abbey as a as a young twelve year old. Um, he is born and raised Cambridge United, and he has only ever wanted to be um, uh, Cambridge United manager. He he shared on I think it was like World Book Day or something. He shared from his primary school like notebook. He had to write like, what's your dream in your life? And he wrote to manage Cambridge United <laughs> as like a 10 year old. Um, so it's this real like fairy tale story. And the fact that he can back it up by being such an incredible manager as well. Um, he is definitely part of this young up and coming, as you say, this new breed of manager who I, I'd be interested to hear what your fans make of it, because I, I always think that the way he, the way he composes himself and the way he speaks in, in his press conferences. He really models himself on Southgate. And I think Southgate's having a bit of an impact on this. Yeah. They're very, very similar. I think there's something to do with the culture around yeah, management and how how you talk about games afterwards. And, and I think he really models himself on him. Um, he's, uh, as I said, he's been at the club since he was 16 years old as a coach. He spent four or five years at Southend as an academy coach and then came back. He's, he's filled every single position from the bottom to the top. Um, and he is just a hero in these parts uh, already, and and I don't think the journey's over just yet. Um, he's yeah, I just think he's a pretty remarkable bloke, and um, he's also very very gracious in his post match comments. Like if we were to lose, I would recommend you listen to his thing because I'm I'm sure he always gives a very very fair reflection of the game and is very very like courteous to opposition and stuff, um, which you don't get all the time, especially if you've played Bolton at any point. So yeah, he's a, uh, yeah, he's, he's a legend. I mean, I could talk about him for about an hour, but um, he's, he's brilliant. And, and the way he manages this side is um, we're a threat to anyone basically. Um, so, so yeah, be really interesting to see what happens next week. Super impressive. Jules, thanks very much for your time and congratulations on the season that Cambridge have had as well. It's absolutely amazing. I love to see promoted teams doing well. I'd love it if all four promoted sides from last season could stay up. We've still got a chance of doing that. If you get your record points for the last 30 years, that'd be an amazing achievement as well, no doubt. So good luck in achieving both of those goals after Saturday, of course. One last last time, Jules, give us the uh, the plug for Under the Abbey Stand. Oh, yeah, so it's at Abbey Stand Pod on Twitter uh, and available on all podcasting streams. If uh, any more fans fancy picking a second League One club for next season, then then they can go for it. Jules, thanks so much, my friend. Uh, Good luck once more and uh, we'll speak to you next time. Cheers, mate. Thanks for that. A massive thanks to Jules from the Under the Abbey Stand podcast for his fantastic insights into all things Cambridge United and the Abbey Stadium. Morecambe's destination this coming Saturday. Full match commentary, of course, as ever. Join us on Shrimps Live on Beyond Radio. We'll be on FM and DAB Plus from 2.45. And you can also listen or watch if you're outside of the North Lancashire and South Cumbria area via iFollow Shrimps as well. We look forward to your company then. But from me, Dave Salmon, thanks very much indeed for downloading this episode of the Shrimps Verdict podcast. Take care, have a good week, and we'll talk to you next time. Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio.